Welcome back, everybody, to Chris and Harry Unplugged. And I really do want to welcome back Mr. Mowry to the show. I'm back. I'm excited. This week's going to be... It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited for this week. Um, if you're on YouTube right now, you can tell we've made some changes. We finally got webcams, trying to upgrade the lighting a little bit. Uh, Harry's lighting looks good. Mine mine doesn't, but we're working on it. Um, and, you know, we have a little bit of a more professional setup. So you can let us know what you guys think in the comments. Uh, and, yeah, we have a pretty packed episode today. I think we should just hop right into it. As always, you can email us at questions at cmhsunplugged.com. Uh, if you want to be featured on the podcast or if you have a question that you maybe want us to answer, we'd be more than happy to. And I think we should just hop right into it. What do you think? I think we should just go right into it. Let's Dive do it. right in. Let's do it. So, first of all, I want to talk about Vivek Ramaswamy. This guy. Vivek. This guy has been on everybody's mind. He's, 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 he's soaring in the polls. It seems like this guy is, if you don't know who he is, he's like a 38-year-old young millennial. He's a or he's a millionaire who who's run a couple businesses and I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due he's he's got quite the onslaught of a social media campaign going on he's not poured he's he's pretty much self-funded his whole campaign and he really hasn't put much money into advertisements but he's he's been doing a lot of social media stuff uh and so he's doing very well in the polls um and by very well i mean you know he's still nowhere near trump um but he in a lot of polls have overtaken ron DeSantis. For second place. And the reason I say that is because, as you'll hear later on probably, Harry and I have a slight disagreement about what <laughs> is going to happen in 2024. Uh, I'm kind of more under the belief that it's possible Trump won't run. Harry disagrees. And so if, if Trump doesn't run, it's looking like that will leave Vivek as their nominee. This guy who's kind of exploded out of nowhere. Now, he runs on anti-woke anti you, you know the republican platform these days anti-woke i'm gonna pardon trump blah 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 but this week he said that he wants to raise the voting age to 25 to 25 now obviously he'd need a constitutional amendment to do this because that's that's unconstitutional but uh, i wanted to read the quote if you're on youtube i'm gonna pull up the article here look at how fancy this so, is yeah, I know this is kind of fancy. This is kind of fancy. So, this is this is Vivek Ramaswamy right here speaking, um, and he wants to raise the voting age to twenty five. And he said pretty much one of his justifications for this was that um, there's a quote. This is his quote: "Absence of national pride is a serious threat to the future of our country." And argued that his proposal can quote create a sense of shared purpose and responsibility amongst young Americans to become educated citizens. He said on Twitter, I understand not everyone will like this proposal, and it will take persuasion to convince many of its merits, but I'm ready to take that on. He's 37, not 38, I'm sorry. But as you can see, he's uh, he's polling well. And this is obviously relates a lot. Sorry, I got to get rid of this now. This relates a lot to um, Harry and I because um, we're Gen Zers. I'm 21. Harry's 20. The only way in Vivek's world to be able to vote is you serve in the military or a first responder. If you're under 25, you can vote. Or you have to pass a civics test because he thinks that will make us all more educated. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, so, Harry, I'll, I'll let you take over if you have any thoughts. I know I've been rambling. No, no, no. That was a good summary. I mean, I knew of this guy's proposal for a while now that he, he thinks that um, those between the ages of 18 and 25 shouldn't just have the right to vote. And um, I want to dive more into this guy's proposal a little bit. But I, I just think that, you know, with – 
what Ramaswamy is saying here. I think it's interesting because when you put it to the test of like the Republican logic, it really fails, right? So we have a 13-year-old girl who in Mississippi, right? That We both made a video about it, Mississippi. 13-year-old girl who's raped and couldn't get an abortion in that state because Republicans have virtually banned the procedure outright. And the closest abortion clinic she could go to was in Chicago. She couldn't afford it. Uh, so she recently gave birth. She's going to go into the seventh grade, right? Republicans think that this girl is old enough to be a mother, but 18-year-olds to 25-year-olds are not old enough to vote. They think that 18-year-olds are old enough to own an AR-15, but not old enough to vote. They think that 18-year-olds are old enough to serve for this country and die for this country, but not old enough to vote. So when you put it in perspective like that, like regardless of what Ramaswamy says, right? I think this guy is truly uh, an idiot, even though he went to Harvard and Yale – when you put it to the test, it, it kind of fails um, when you're comparing it to other aspects of like what the Republican Party believes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like, you know, I made a video about it today. I think um, it, it's very clear that like Republicans don't believe this. Vivek doesn't believe this. Um, it, you know, his justification that, you know, oh, well, it, it'll it'll create a sense of shared purpose. I'm like, or it'll create a, you know, Gen Zers aren't uh, patriotic enough, so it'll make them more patriotic. It's like, Okay, yeah, so Gen Z isn't patriotic <laughs> enough. They don't love America enough. So the way to fix that is to rip away their constitutional right to vote. It's like, what the fuck? Oh, and, my and, God. And the thing is, he's like, you know, he's trying to make this claim also that they're not educated enough. I think that's super dangerous. We've seen that, you know, in, in, in America before. It was the argument in the Reconstruction South was that African Americans weren't educated enough. And so they should, you know, they have to pass literacy tests to vote. And that was the same type of logic that like oh well you know they don't know how to read so they shouldn't really write and that obviously was horrible and so i just think um he doesn't believe this the problem is that republicans have a young voting problem they have a serious young voting problem that they don't know how to solve 62 percent of gen z voters in the 2022 midterms voted for democrats and republicans are struggling to find a solution and they think their solution is to just Cut the head off. Listen, if Gen Z is going to be the largest voting block in 2028, 2024, 2028, like we'll be larger in 2024, but in 2028, we will be, I think, with millennials, the largest voting block. They're like, right. yeah, this is a problem for us, so we're just going to try to see if they can't vote because that's their solution. Instead of getting off the woke fucking bullshit, they're like, yeah, we just can't let these people vote. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's so obvious that, like, the Republican Party is so scared of Gen Z. I mean, they're terrified. They are legitimately terrified, as you mentioned in the midterms. And from 2020 to 2022 in the elections, Gen Z got more blue. Like, more Gen Z voters equals more blue voters. So Republicans are terrified. And as you said, instead of adjusting strategy, right, instead of just screaming about Hunter Biden, wokeness, or a conspiracy theory that Donald Trump decided to put on Truth Social that day. No, they're like, let's just take away their right to vote and and maybe that'll work. Um, and I also think it's interesting – like this is not the first thing – this is not the first time that Republicans are trying something like this. I mean in Texas, there are plenty of lawsuits going on right now because the Republican governor along with the party tried to remove voting stations from college campuses where, right. of course, primarily young people are voting. So this is like just another installment in the overall assault on young people's rights. And it doesn't yeah. just extend to voting. It's everything as well. It's, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because seriously, I mean I, we've talked about this extensively, but – they are getting, you know, they have to be scared because they have to know that this party as it exists now cannot exist 
for the next five to 10 years with the way it goes. I mean, if 60 to 70% of young people are going to vote blue and we become the largest voting block, it's over. It's over. Yeah. And so what they should do is switch course, but they're going to, you know, can, people are going to toe the line of Trump, 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 which is crazy. I can't believe they haven't dumped him yet. I just can't. Oh, God. Dude, who, why just dump him? Just, just dump just get rid of the guy. They, I mean, well, they can't, they can't, they can't. No, they, they can't. They can't. And, and the, and the thing is that I, I don't think the Republicans understand is that like Gen Z and young people are, are not just going to forget about MAGA and Trump. Like one day Trump is not going to be in the party anymore. One day he'll be gone. But do they think that young people are just going to be like, oh, like, what was January 6th? Oh, wait, Trump tried to overturn the election? I don't remember. No, no, we're not going to forget this stuff. Oh, Trump, you know, appointed Supreme Court justices that led to Roe v. Wade being overturned? No, I don't. I forgot. No. It's like the Republican Party has has dug themselves a hole with our generation for the next 20 to 30 years. I at agree. least. I agree. And uh, it's terrifying them. So they're, they're putting forward policies like Vivek like, – um, you know, who, uh, yeah, to, to take away be, our rights to vote. Who could be who could be the eventual nominee, which yeah, is great, okay, buddy. Yeah, okay, we'll buddy. see. Right. Yeah, so we'll talk about that, that later. <laughs> right. So with that being said, you know, that's Vivek. You know, obviously, Harry and I are pretty passionate about Gen Z. I, I started TikTok, uh, actually trying to encourage young people to vote in the 2022 midterms in the Georgia runoff because I'm in Georgia. Uh, that's kind of where I started this path for myself. Um, and obviously Harry's a 20 year old and is also very passionate about Gen Z. So I thought that that was a good story, um, to start with, because truly I think a lot of people are banking on this generation to be the one to change a lot because a lot needs changing. Um, and hopefully we can, we can move in that direction, but to do that, we need to make good decisions in 2024. And I, I, I think we're only going to do this very briefly because we understand some people are having orange overload a little bit as are we but these are still important things to talk about you know if trump was not in politics anymore then you know we probably wouldn't talk about this as much but it is still very likely that he will be the nominee in 2024 so when he gets indicted over and over and over again these are very important things to talk about um and yeah so in my great state of georgia since we last spoke he has been indicted him along with how many others 18 others 18 others by Fannie Willis I was at the Fulton County Courthouse I I I, I always say I'm just all around I I, I live in Kennesaw <laughs> I go to Kennesaw State but uh, I also grew up in in the middle of Atlanta which is Fulton County I I, I don't want to give out any more details but anyways I was at the Fulton County Jail um it was it was pretty crazy to see and shout out Fannie Willis so if you want to go over some a little bit of the indictment and then we'll kind of talk more abstractly about it because I know the last two weeks, you know, Harry did a great job last week on his own, and we, we've talked extensively about Trump. So we're going to continue to talk a lot about Trump because, you know, like I said, it's very important, but also want to make sure we don't give anyone too much orange overload. <laughs> yeah, and I think as we get closer to the election, you know, uh, we're going we're gonna to obviously have to talk a lot about Trump and Biden and, and the state of the race. So, you know, hopefully we don't have to talk about Trump all that much right now. But he, this guy just keeps getting indicted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he just keeps they, getting yeah. indicted. Honestly, throw it on Trump. It's Trump's fault yeah, that we Trump's keep talking fault. about Trump. If he didn't get yeah. indicted every single week. How many felonies? How many felonies are we at? 
91 felony charges. How, how many years in jail is he looking at? Over 700. <laughs> 700 Right. Okay. And people like are like, 750 years in jail. Right. Bro. People are like, I'm getting orange overload. I'm like, well, fuck. Maybe this guy should stop getting indicted. I don't know what to maybe do. Maybe this guy should stop being a criminal. It's just a right. thought. Anyway. So, God, okay, so yeah, Trump, Trump was indicted in Georgia. That's his fourth indictment. He's now up to, as we said, 91 felony charges facing over, well over, 700 years in prison. Uh, he and 18 other people were indicted and notable people in those 18 include Rudy Giuliani, Mark Meadows, Jenna Ellis, um, uh, Sidney Powell, uh, who else, who else am I forgetting? There's a few others, Rudy Giuliani, Mark Meadows, you know, the big, kind of some big names who are interacting with Georgia. And then there's some other little, uh, lesser known people who were, uh, more involved with the Trump campaign per se. So I'm just gonna, now if you're on YouTube as well, um, I'm going to, share this for you and as you guys can hopefully you guys can see this chris you can see this yeah yep. yep yeah so these this is these are all the charges he's facing but in the bottom left it's the georgia election case so these are the charges that trump is facing he's facing one count of racketeering which is a rico charge more commonly known as yeah this guy got a <laughs> young thug got a fan, you know fanny you know this is the same prosecutor who yeah. had young thug it, dude she she got did she get a rico charge against young thug Yes, she did. Yes, yeah, she so did. it's Rico against Young Thug. No, but uh, that's crazy. R- Rico, Rico against Rico Trump. Rico is serious yeah. shit. That's his Rico's most serious, serious stuff. Yeah. And the, the thing about Rico, which is, is which a lot of people are pointing out, is that in, in Georgia, Rico comes with a minimum of five years in prison. And there's no pardon. The governor can't pardon uh, on Georgia state crimes. The president can't. It goes to a independent board in Georgia who decides on pardons. So uh, Rico's serious. And all 19 defendants, including Donald Trump, are facing Rico charges in this case. So big deal. Um, then Trump is facing three counts of solicitation of violation of oath, which which is just basically Donald Trump um, asking people who swore an oath to the Georgia Constitution or the United States Constitution to break it. That's basically what that crime is. Then six counts of conspiracy, which are different conspiracies engaged in, two counts of false statements, pretty self-explanatory, and one count of filing a false document that is uh, in connection with, you know, fake elector, things like that. So these are the charges. Um, again, or, I mean, I, I I think it's just ridiculous that we have it's, a former president uh, facing a RICO charge. No, right. I think it's actually like, dude, so oh, first man. of all, this, this little setup we have, this like online studio, really nice. I'm really curious how this is going to come out on YouTube Hopefully and stuff. Nice. But, um, the, um, yeah, like just looking at that screen is on YouTube, if you're on YouTube, is so like mind blowing, dude. Like it's crazy. He is facing a a horde of legal. I mean, this is, you know, I, I talked to Harry about this in private extensively. When will the house of cards fall? Uh, I have made the foolish mistake. Of over the last six years, it's like there's they'll be like I'd have to go all the way back. It's like the middle of 2017, and God knows what controversies in you know he's in a controversy every day. But I'm yeah. like, no, this guy, it's over, it's over. He, he can't survive <laughs> this many. I've made the foolish mistake of thinking the guy who's immune to controversy will fall. But you have to take a look at a list like that, 91 <laughs> felonies, and say, uh, uh, pretty soon the cards are gonna come crumbling down. I don't know how much money this guy has. Uh, I was watching MSNBC, uh, or maybe I was watching CNN, and he has spent $41 million on lawyers so far um, in, in his legal cases uh, in the last, like, that's like six months. So so I don't this know if this guy, guy I don't know if this guy has, like, unlimited cash, because, like, if you think about it, right, he's got a team of lawyers working on this 24-7 for his 91 felonies, all charging about $1,000 an hour. Uh, that adds up pretty. That adds up really quickly if you do the math. 
Um, <laughs> so, I mean, this guy, he, I, I don't know. It's 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 crazy. So I think Harry and I, uh, I'm sorry, Harry, I'm 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 hot right now. I'm rambling. I I, I'm, I know you're good, bro. This is this is hot topic. It's a hot topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll just have to see if he's able to run. He, he well, he's gonna. Well, first of all, let's let's just two couple things on this is Georgia indictment. I mean, it's deep. It's deep, right? Like they. they there are some conversations of on the right of you know things being thrown out and like you know there are passages in it that contribute to the racketeering charge, which is just like organized crime. It was something that was initially uh, put into law to take down the mob, um, but you know some Republicans are talking about this indictment because there's some sections saying oh like Mark Meadows helped organize a meeting, or you know um, Giuliani ask for a phone number or something like that and people are like and republicans are like wow you know asking for a phone number is apparently illegal now and it's like no 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 that's not what being criminalized you're perfectly legal to ask for someone's phone number but if you're asking for someone's phone number or setting up a meeting to further a crime to further a conspiracy to further illegally yeah. overturn the election I mean, that's all to rico yeah i mean all of the the social media on because harry and i are on social media all day and so there's a slew of right-wing creators who are trying to throw that narrative out right now which is you know oh it's it's illegal to make a phone call somebody somebody uh respond to that and quoted it as like a joke and said like oh it's illegal for me and my best friend to buy 10 plane tickets on 9-11 now like it's it's so disingenuous it's like actually crazy like it's yeah it's, it's nonsense and i think we've talked about this actually i think we've talked about this in a previous episode before the indictment regarding the um the the, the bank the bank comparison we made recently remember like um if you if you truly believe that a bank is holding like five thousand of your dollars yeah. but yeah. you don't actually have that money uh, and then you like, and then you add on to that. You're like, oh, okay. You and your buddy go and buy a crowbar. You know, buying the crowbar is not illegal, right. but if you're buying that crowbar to rob the bank. A bank, right? That's a Exa- conspiracy. Conspiracy, right? You know? Exactly, exactly. So it's it's all disingenuous, and I think the evidence here is is overwhelming. So the question yeah. becomes, in all these cases, and I think this is where we start to talk about it more abstractly. I, you know. And I'm going to make the foolish decision. I'm going to do it. I, I just can't not do it. Oh, I'm so gosh. convinced the House of Cards is too much. I just – and I've said it so much, and I'm always so wrong. But this guy has so many legal challenges. All of these cases are going to be heard before the election. He is going to get convicted, Harry. He's going to get convicted. He's not going to run. I, this guy's such a this guy's such a fraud. I mean, he's, let, me, let me let me preface this. Let me preface this. Okay. I, okay. I don't think I, I said he's not going to run so confidently. I'm leaning toward like 60, 40, 65, 65-35, maybe 70-30. I just don't think he's going to run, dude. I think you're so um, delusional to his <laughs> to his ego. Like, I, dude, respectfully, I, I disagree. I, dude, I, I know, I know. Trump, listen. Not one time has this guy ever said I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I have to step. Like he, he he'll do anything. But as we've talked about, he's doing. He's running for president to save himself from prison. And other Republicans have spoken on this. And never Trumpers who I respect. The only reason you're running is to save yourself from prison. I just feel like there's going to be a world where if he steps aside and takes takes a plea that that it is it constitutional. I don't know. But if if I'm not sure that there's a strong enough argument that it's not constitutional. And essentially what Harry and I are discussing right now, we discuss a lot in private, 
is is it constitutional for Donald Trump to take a plea from the DOJ or from any well I guess from anybody that says you get you know a minimum you get a year in prison but you can't run you cannot run for public office is that constitutional I believe one time with with who was Nixon's vice Spiro Agnew yeah he he took that plea deal and then I believe it was thrown out for being unconstitutional yeah but they're just gonna I'm cite a, that case yeah uh, dude look 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 here's the thing I don't here's know. here's Maybe where I, here's where I think you're wrong here's where I think you're wrong is the fact that I I I think Donald Trump's ego is big enough to the point where he won't um first of all drop out if he's convicted regardless of a plea deal and then second of all if he's offered a plea deal I actually do not know if he would take it. I think that Donald Trump might be delusional enough to reject a plea deal because think about the think about you know he has a team of advisors around him. What is taking a plea deal sent to his followers? What does that message send? That he's you know he's guilty, he's weak. He took a plea deal. He he, Dude, he succumbed but, to but, the but, deep but, state. But, you know but, what but, I mean? But like, the thing is, but the thing is, Donald Trump controls that narrative so hard. Donald Trump, like I, I this is, gets into some really fascinating stuff about how much he speaks in public. What does he think behind closed doors? I agree, he's absolutely a narcissist, and it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't take a plea. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he took a plea and then spammed on True Social that. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he was forced to take the plea, and that you know you, that'll be against you, the plea agreement. That like, there's no way that the DOJ doesn't but, put that but, in there. But this is like this is like half <laughs> this is like half this is the this is like half my point is like well not half my point, but this is like another whole section is how much of does Donald Trump doesn't lit like I'm kind of convinced he's going to get himself thrown in a jail cell before any of this, but no one yeah. holds this guy accountable. Yeah, Harry, it's in the it'll be in the plea agreement not to do that. He'll do it anyway. Just like the judge looked at him in whatever case, it was like you know intimidating witnesses it, or this was. Oh my god! There's so there's so many cases. No, it was was the election interference case in jail. Yeah, the election interference case. He's the judge is like, you understand intimidating witnesses. If you do it, and she like almost referred to a social media site in any aspect, like that, 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 that's whatever it is. Um, What's the word? That's that's it's a violation of his his uh, plea agreement. Thank you, or not plea agreement, uh, release conditions release conditions and then the next day he did it <laughs> and then he did it again and again and it, his first one was broad like they're coming after me so go yeah, after yeah. them and then it became very specific where he's specifically attacking witnesses what, what what's going to happen because of that well i'm actually interested to see what happens in georgia what do you mean because because georgia has some specific laws in relation to the crimes he's been charged with in regards to getting out on plea or, or excuse me on bail yeah. Um, you can't intimidate a witness. You can't threaten a witness. You can't even like go after a witness, right? But Jeff Duncan, the former lieutenant governor of Georgia, Trump put on Truth Social the day that Jeff Duncan was meant to testify, which was the same day remember, that they all yeah. got indicted. Yeah. That he, he said that Jeff Duncan should not testify, right? He was openly saying on on his platform that he should not testify. And Andrew Weissman, who's a lawyer who frequently appears on MSNBC, um, was like, I don't know if. Trump's going to get out on bail. There's a lot of legal scholars who are curious. I'm curious to see what happens. I imagine that the judge, you know, is probably going to take the position that, oh, it's going to create more controversy. Well, that's the problem is when is this guy ever going to like when is this guy ever going to be held accountable? Like we hope. I mean, look, like like, and and look, obviously, I say that broadly, like he's being held accountable now. He's got 91 felonies like but I'm saying that in the sense of like any other human being on this planet does something like he did and he would not get out on bail. But that judge in Georgia, as soon as he turns himself in, is going to say, 
I, well, you know, I'm actually starting, to, and this might be a little bit off topic, but I'm starting to get a little bit concerned that a case might not happen before the election. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Well, 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 why do you think that? The re- well, I think that the New York case might happen before the election. Georgia is tough because of the RICO charge. RICO takes a long time to get to trial. Um, the Do- document case, you have, you have Judge Eileen Cannon that says it all. Judge Eileen Cannon is a Trump-appointed judge who the American Bar Association deemed unfit to serve in a federal position. Uh, and she's basically granted Trump almost everything he's asked for in this case, in the, so far in the initial proceedings before the trial. Now, the trial is set for late May, but there's plenty of room for delays. And then in the the January 6th election interference case trial, the Trump Trump's lawyers – so Jack Smith was asking for a January 2nd, 2024 trial date. Trump's lawyers asked for April 2026. So there's clearly a difference between Jack Smith and Trump's lawyers, and unfortunately – it is possible that Trump's lawyers might succeed in their arguments because there's 11.5 million pages of discovery, and they're saying discovery could take two years. So I'm getting I'm getting increasingly concerned about a possible trial not happening for the election, but but I want to make it clear to all the listeners that I do think a trial is still going to happen for the election. Jack Smith is so fucking good at his job. Yeah, I was going to say that's you know? that's that's really where my hope lies, and and something happening before the election is Jack Smith. It's Jack Smith is good. He, yeah. he he navigates this. He's so far navigated everything perfectly. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about the election interference case in D.C. is that they have a good judge. They have a good judge. Judge Tanya Chuckin, Obama appointee, cleared the Senate like 95 to zero. So it's not like Republicans. You know, she's a partisan judge. Or whatever. It's uh, She's a good judge. And I don't think she's going to fall for this April 2026 crap. But um, anyway, I don't know. It's just I, I hope that he's held accountable for the election. But that's something I've been thinking about. I don't know. Oh man, I mean, yeah, I think I think that's well said. You have more a much better um, knowledge base on everything. You're like a machine when it comes to <laughs> to understanding what's going on in all these cases. I, in a lot of ways, personally, I can relate that I've had, even though I tr- I'm trying to do whatever this is as a living. Um, and like pursuing this as a as a, some career, I'm having orange overload. Like I'm not yeah. even keeping up with the cases as much as I should have because it just is like, oh my god, it's tough. But um, yeah, I think man, I mean, can I, you imagine I, if we go into the election without a trial? That'd be really fucking bad. That'd be really bad. That'd be bad. Listen, if there isn't a trial before the election, I'm changing my standpoint that he'll run. I guess. But yeah. Oh my god! This is what I, I mean. Know. This is what I mean. Like I think it's. it's I think it's. I think things are still up in the air. Yeah. I really want. I of course. So I think. I think Trump is going to get convicted in all cases. But I really, really want the uh, classified document case to happen before the election. And we talked about this before as yeah. to what we think is the strongest case. I think it's the document case, but I know you think it's the election interference case. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, you are. You're. You're. I'll. You're definitely smarter than I am in terms of your knowledge of this and some general legal theory. Um, uh, I know we're both like really young, um, but I know that I, I give you props that you are very, very intelligent in that area. So, um, yeah, I think like I, I probably don't understand. I, I think, it, I, you know, weirdly enough, I, so much of this I feel like rides on public opinion. And that's not the way our system is supposed to work, but that's sometimes how it feels. And um, I just get this feeling that he has uh, – none of his legal arguments are competent at all. Um, but a lot of times it feels like his most competent legal argument 
is in the election is in the is no i'm sorry his least competent legal argument is in the election interference that's his least competent um and the documents case just feels i don't know i i think he's just i don't know i think well i think we can agree that his weakest case is new york or i'm sorry the weakest case is new york I mean, like, well, well, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing about these cases. Like, of course, you have a, the strongest case and the weakest case, yeah. but all of them are inherently strong, right? But you know, I yes, I would agree that New York is probably the weakest case and probably poses the least amount of legal threat toward right. Trump. Well, which then, um, the, well, yeah. then, which the Georgia case has to has to be his greatest legal threat. Well, it depends. I mean, I guess it just depends on if if Trump is elected, then Georgia is by Georgia far the is, biggest right, legal right, threat. But if he's not elected, then right. He can't probably the document right. case with just just in terms of length of, of prison sentence. But you bring up an interesting case here. You bring up an interesting point, you know, with all these cases and things like that. And I was when I was running last night when before after I talked to you on FaceTime, I was like, I, I just simply I've been trying recently really, really hard to understand the Trump supporters point of view really have been trying because it's like there's a lot of people who still support Trump. So I'm like. I would never I can never justify that, but why do these people support Trump? And there's not a single part of me that can understand why this party hasn't dumped this guy and why this guy is still leading by so much. So And it's very de- oh. So look, I think so depressing. that and I've talked to you about this in private and it is. It is. It's it's hard to wrap your mind around. And I think this is why young people and, you know, I, I talked to I, I had a Twitter space with some Republicans at one point and I and I asked a question similar to this. You know, I think a lot of and, – and I try to talk to people like in my day-to-day who I meet um, when I get you know close enough to them about politics um, in some aspects because it's honestly so hot. Everybody like talks about it even though like it's not really appropriate to talk about. Um, and, I, and I really get the sense talking to people in Georgia, talking to people online, all ages. I've talked extensively with like – uh, people, you know, um, I used to work in a restaurant, so I, I've talked extensively to older people in the restaurant industry who work 40, 50 hours a week, um, have not, not college educated white, you know, just trying to give you some demographic here. And I've talked to, you know, people online, uh, who serve in the military, et cetera. And I think the sense that these, that I get is that there's no trust in government. There's zero trust in government. The, 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 you know, this Trump Trump was really helped by the fact that in American society um, since probably 2010 and forward, well, before that, but really 2010 and forward, it accelerated. There was just this complete and utter destruction and deterioration of any trust in any government agency. Uh, and people do not trust the government. They do not like the government. Even if you're a liberal, you 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 have some – well, maybe not, but it, a lot of people on the right – uh, just there's this mass deterioration in in the trust in government. I think that really started, um, not started, but I think that really accelerated as I talked to you about with um, our war in the Middle East. Um, you know, I even talked to uh, uh, and and this guy like truly like this really hit me hard because I I also do the same thing you do. You try to put yourself in other people's shoes. This guy said to me, Chris, I, I, I used to think a lot like you and I respect you. You know, I think he's a Trump supporter. He I believe he was at January sixth, which, you know, oh my God. But whatever. Not whatever. <laughs> but still, that that's just whatever. But yeah. um he said, Chris, um I signed up 
to join the military when I was young, and I got sent to Iraq. And I I really thought I was doing my country a service. I was excited. I was patriotic. Uh, and he said, I came back. All my friends were dead. And it felt like I did it for nothing. It felt like my government lied to me. It felt like Bush lied to me. Why, why did I do this? And all of a sudden, I lost all faith in every all these people. They don't care about me. And listen, I don't I, – I, I'm very passionate about January 6th. So the fact that he was there, I'm like, fuck. But I the fact, I mean that's very deep regardless of what side you sit on. I mean this guy loved his country enough to go serve. That's, some, that's so incredible. Um, and obviously the, the, middle, the, the war in the Middle East is very complex. But um, it's, it just – I get this sense that, that there's just this rapid deterioration of everybody at the top. No matter who you are, I'm just not going to listen. And Trump was the one guy – and listen, we don't understand this. I don't understand how he's relatable because he's a multimillionaire sitting in a gold palace. So how is that guy relatable? But he was at least the one person who stood up and all these people who have felt not heard, all these people both left and right, Republicans and Democrats – they're like, I don't care about any of them because they all don't like me. And there's this mass deterioration, and a lot of Americans are like, both these sides, just who who cares? They send me to, they send me on wars to die. They take my taxes. They don't do anything for me. And Trump gets on on a stage, and he's like, this government doesn't care about you. I'm different. You know, he refers to it as the deep state, and he captures this group that is really felt unheard. And look, I don't understand why people support Trump. I I truly I I I. Don't like to use the word hate, but I hate Donald Trump like a lot. Like all I do all day is it, that guy drives me insane. He's one of the worst things to ever happen to this country. But I think there is something to be said after Trumpism is done, after this MAGA wave is over eventually because it will end. There's some conversation to be had about the fact that a lot of people in America feel unheard by the people who we have or we have had in government. Uh, and we should work on that. So that's kind of my justification as to, like, why do people still support this? It's it's really that they're blocking out the noise. He gets indicted. They say it's, you know, who, who, who uh, you know, Jack Smith or someone sits up on TV and he's there. They don't they're not going to think about, you know, the, the depth of the legal theory. They're like, whatever, whatever, whatever. They are entrenched in the fact that this is the only guy they've ever felt in their life. If you're 60 for 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 40 years. He's the only guy that they've ever felt like represents them. Does he represent them? No, he's a narcissist. He's like horrible. But, you know, I, I still feel that, you know, that's kind of how I think about it. Sorry for the rant. No, that actually that actually provides a lot of um, – that's an interesting perspective. That actually adds a lot of context. But I guess what I'd say to that is the people who who maybe from, you know, past blunders from the federal government, whether it be Bush, you know, surrounding Middle Eastern policy – um, or even things that happened before that in the late 1990s, mid whatever. I I have no understand. I I don't understand why they distrust government and then they go to Donald Trump. Like I don't understand how they went from I hate Bush, he lied to me about the civil the war, and then I go to Trump. And the reason being is that you, you're going from one liar to another. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, that's, right, like that's George. Still... No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like like well, George Bush was. You know, there's a lot of debate as to what George Bush lied about, but he, he was very dishonest about things that happened with 9/11, and you know, he, obviously, the Middle Eastern invasion and his his involvement in the Middle East in the Middle East was was very poor. So why go from wanting to serve your country? In the example of the gentleman you talked about, why go from wanting to serve your country, thinking that the federal government's a liar after you do so, and then you're like, well, Donald Trump's my guy when he's told over thirty thousand lies. He lie he lies and lies and lies and lies. He lies to people's faces. He lies to investigators. He's being indicted for lying to investigators. 
I, I just don't get that. I, yeah, I genuinely no, don't understand. I I um I agree with you actually because that is also where my disconnect lies. Like I understand the anger and and the frustration, uh, and I understand the di- the the distrust in government. Uh, even though I don't agree with it, at least I can try to step in and understand. Um, but I still that's also where I disconnect. Why after all that? Is Donald Trump your guy? I don't know. Well, I also just don't understand why, you know, Republicans, MAGA, Trump supporters can't see a bigger picture here. So, you know, we we disagree with Trump on policy, but we also see the big picture. And I think independents, moderate Republicans disagree with Trump on policy, but I also they also see the bigger picture. MAGA cannot see the bigger picture. We are on the verge, in my view, of the United States genuinely collapsing. Our institutions falling apart. Everything that we hold dear as a country and believe as a country and have as a foundation, I genuinely believe are on the verge of collapse. If Donald Trump gets away with everything, gets back into office and pardons all of himself and all of his co-conspirators. That's a bad, that's a really bad precedent to send for the future because the next democratic president could go into office, do everything that Donald Trump did and get away with it. So why can't MAGA genuinely see the bigger picture as to how this is either on the verge of fascism or you know some core ideals of fascism or we're already there and that our institutions are falling apart this is what frustrates me about mag i, I i'm trying to understand why so many americans think like this because we're not trying to when we when we go after maga we're not trying to alienate americans we're going after the ideology but why do so many americans who have fallen victim to this ideology still not see it uh, it's so well, frustrating, man. I, I, I think I think look, I think and that's a really good point. That's a really, really good point. Um man, I, I think that, you know, part of it obviously they will claim uh or or MAGA, I don't like to say they, you know, these are we're all still people, right? But the MAGA will claim that um, you know, the, the I guess it's not setting a precedent because all the indictments are fake nonsense, whatever. They they're not. But but you start to go down that road where I'm starting to explain, and really there is no explanation. And I hate like, dude, truly, I've struggled with this myself. I hate you know being divisive. I hate like I'm you 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 want to speak your mind and say how you truly feel, but you you don't you know you're trying to bring like in in this in this in this field in politics your your ideal world is that all the american all americans get along and we're all happy and dandy but that's just not how it is uh and i don't want to be divisive um but you know sometimes you got to call it how you see it uh and i've i've really like strayed away from using this word for a long time way longer than i should have but it's a cult and that's your answer that is your explanation there mm-hmm. is that you you can follow the logic for a while and, and like I really – I'm not trying to be a dick, but you can follow the logic for a while. Like I said, there's this deterioration in trust in government, trust in media, maybe like this hyper-capitalism, all this stuff. And you can kind of follow why is Trump your guy? It's a cult. Don, it's a cult. Donald Trump, it's a lot of people who support Trump and the MAGA movement are in a cult. And you can, and you know, some people, I know people hate when people say that, but you can go, I've read extensively. I actually wrote a paper at one point about, you know, the signs of, of being in a cult and, and it's a cult. There is no, there's no logic here. It's a cult. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I personally have not been afraid to use that word. I, I say it almost any video where I'm yeah, reacting like, it's to a, it. It's crazy, a cult. It's a cult because yeah. that's what it's it is, cult. right? Like right. I'm not afraid to call it out, and I know you aren't either now, but it's a fucking cult, yeah. right? Like, um, and maybe it's I, I don't because know. maybe it's because um, I'm like I'm like too positive, <laughs> so I'm like no 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 no. Uh, this is this is um, oh here we go. See this is good. We're gonna oh my god sorry. Actually, sorry, this is... But anyway, maybe I've been... Maybe I've been, you know, too positive. Maybe I'm like, no, Americans can't be... This giant group of people can't be in a cult. But then you also feel kind of like... You feel like you're making yourself seem better than everybody. Because you're like, I'm not in the cult. But, it, dude, like, at the end of the day, it's a cult. It's a cult! Yeah. Well, there's no other way to describe it. I mean, like, if we're being honest with ourselves, we can try to dance around it as much as we want and try and be nice. But sometimes, you just as you said, we gotta... You gotta Say it how you how you see you, it, you know. You got it. You got to say it how you see it. I 100% agree, and I think we should go through this just really quick. I'm gonna change go it up. I'm gonna change it up on you, um, because I also like using this uh, this this thing. So let's let's take a look at this together. <laughs> so this <laughs> is this is this is this is ten. This is a letter from someone, and, and this is you know ten indicators you're in the cult of trump right the leader is the ultimate authority and we've taught we, we you know if you go look at just the general signs of a cult this is obviously number one it's donald trump's word versus all um no matter what uh trump trump you know over everybody even trump over his own administration trump over his own its closest advisors trump over fox trump over anybody it, it's trump word it's trump's word at the end of the day no matter what that's true suppresses skepticism Obviously, they're labeled as, yep, yep, we like that. Um, let's see. The group is paranoid, shame, and, uh, I mean, some of these. The leaders above the law, the leaders brainwashing methods. I'd have to find, like, a better kind of. But you can go through and see, you know, the idea that there's a lot of signs. Well, no, I mean, a lot of those applied. Cold. A lot of yeah. those applied. Like, for example, the second one where they were like, um, the where they were like, uh, you know, people who express skepticism are anti. Rhinos. That's they, they right, use rhinos. Right, right, right. They use rhinos to de- right. to describe people who are skeptical. Even Ron DeSantis hate the guy, absolute hate the guy. But he made a point in an interview that 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 is that is actually correct for once of an, once in his life. Everybody give Ron DeSantis a medal. He's right once. It's, it's like <laughs> nice. it's, it's it's like one yeah. of those those terrible moments where the worst person ever makes a good point. You know, it's it's awful. But he did. He said, "You could be the most conservative person ever. You could you could believe." have the most insane right policy and Trump supporters will still call you rhino. They yep. will still, so anyway, anyway, point it's is true. A lot of the points in that letter, which we didn't articulate well, and I'm not doing either right now. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. It's true. I, I totally, yeah. And the fact of the matter is, is like, again, I, I, I don't feel bad anymore about calling it a cult. I also was hesitant for a while because it's quite a divisive term, but it, we're no longer in the territory of, uh, well, you know, maybe we should be nice. Maybe we should play nice. I, it's like, no, I agree. You know, God, I, I man. agree. This is this shit's so ridiculous, man. I just can't I believe we're at this 100%. point in politics, bro. It's so, <sighs> it makes it's not me great. it keeps me up at night, man. Keeps um, me up at night. Yeah. Dude, we said we wouldn't do the orange guy and we just This is what Harry you know it's funny. In in private, if you want to know something about Harry and I, like we talk now pretty much every day. Shout out Harry. Dude's become one of my my best friends. Um <laughs> Appreciate you, bro, likewise. And, yeah, uh but we talk and I kid you not, like people around us, so like we get on video games. We 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 have you know some other acquaintances that I don't like to name because like a lot of people send bad messages to people we know. So, but just hear it like yeah. this: we we play video games with other people. We talk on the phone with other people. There's some group settings. Um, 
But pretty much everybody conclusively says the same thing. They try to set rules for us. So they're like, for an hour, can you guys not talk about politics, please? And we, yeah. we can never do it. Like this, what you're seeing right now, we do this like twice a day, every day. We'll sit on the phone for like four hours and just be like, fuck, dude, <laughs> fuck, the country's falling apart. What do we do, Eric? Like, dude, Trump sucks, Trump sucks, Trump sucks. I mean, fuck. Anyways. Yeah, no, we, we – well, this is like honestly like this episode I think has been one of the more – laid back episodes where we're real re- you guys pretty much just watch just have a phone conversation where we sit here and like we go back and forth on these things um yeah and, and because look, it truly look, does fuck with us right and i think we're at the we're at the 45 minute mark i think it's been pretty smooth so we can kind of start to end it off if you're cool with that um, yeah let's do it I, I wanted to say a few things we need your help everybody we need your help uh in the section of this video in in the bio if you've watched this far first of all or listened this far i i appreciate you so much like seriously i love you uh in in the bio and also like in the youtube bio but i'm sure you can also find it on twitter on my twitter if you're listening there's going to be a google uh, analytics form and essentially what it's going to say is you know you can kind of basically vote about how you feel about certain aspects of our podcast because we're trying to make it better and we've really struggled with structure so this was much more laid back some of our other videos are much more structured. It's like segment, segment, segment. So you want to figure out what you guys like. I'd really, really appreciate it if you filled out that form. It'd mean a lot. Um, and yeah, I probably should have said that at the beginning of the episode. Well, I said it at the end. We'll see how many people watch to the end. This is a test. This is the test. This is a test. If you watch the end, fill out the analytics. I love you so much. Um, and yeah, hopefully you like the new setup and, uh, I think that's I, I think that's all I got. You got anything here? Yeah, I think I think I think we're good there, my man. And I again I, I appreciate everybody listening. Six out of seven continents, baby. Six out of seven. Where's Antarctica? No, okay. Where's Antarctica? Thank we need a no, listener in Antarctica. Thank you guys so much, everyone who like listens. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Um, you guys have been so supportive and honestly, like we we're really trying. I think Harry and I are like very we we're starting school. We're also trying a lot on other social medias. We know the podcast hasn't been perfect, but the fact that a lot of people are still here listening, like it just means the world because it really, our intention here is not to be lazy with it. Sometimes I worry about that when I watch, I'm like, fuck dude, it, it could have been better. It could have been better, but truly like we are, we are trying really hard. Um, so we, we appreciate you guys and we will continue to get better. Uh, and also I think there's been some conversations hopefully soon about starting Patreon uh, for some extra episodes and stuff. We're still kind of debating that. But if you have any thoughts and you've watched this far and you've listened to me ramble, you can comment. Tell me what you think about, like, if you'd support for, like, five bucks a month um, an extra 30-minute episode a week where Harry and I are doing whatever. Yeah, I think that's – I mean, I, I look forward to that. I think a, I think, and I think the Patreon – I don't know if we've, like, entirely settled on what it would be. I'm not sure if it would be more politics or maybe just – yeah, a mix of I, both I conversation. Don't know. Probably, maybe probably, maybe we'll probably put probably. that in the analytics form. I don't know. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, we should. Yeah, put, put, put it in there. Okay, put it in there. Put put it in there. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I don't know. Maybe like a mix, but it could also be like it's obviously got to be more personal, but like just a yeah. mix of like I don't know. We'll figure it out. But anyways, yeah, we'll that'll be it. it. That'll be it for episode seven. Um, we eight. appreciate. I'm eight. so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> episode eight. That'll be it for episode eight, folks. Thank you so much for watching. You can find us. On Twitter and TikTok, Chris Mowry and Harry J Sisson. Uh, you can email us anytime at questions at cmh questions at cmhsunplugged.com. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, or you're watching on Spotify, or you're listening on Spotify, or you're listening somewhere, and you say, 
I want to I want to watch somewhere else. I don't want to watch on YouTube. I want to. Well, we're available everywhere: iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Google Podcasts, literally YouTube. Anywhere you can get a podcast, we are there. You can check us out. Links will be in the description. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday. Catch us back here at 1 p.m. Monday next week. Have a good one.